Why do so few people trust Klaus Schwab and World Economic Forum? Like, why is it that they're in every single conversation of people? These guys want to control you. They want to make decisions for you. They want you to eat insects. There's no way they said you got to eat insects. They would never say such a thing. They would never say you shouldn't eat meat or, you know, U.S. will no longer be a superpower. Why would they say such a thing? U.S. pays into World Economic Forum. So we decided to investigate it. We realized this man, Klaus Schwab, is actually a modern-day Nostradamus. He knows how to predict crisis from happening. He's got that kind of gift. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about how much money they've raised, their expenses on an annual basis. You'll see who was invited to be a young global leader. Three names. Wait till you see what Tulsi, Musk, and Vivek said to World Economic Forum. We'll cover that as well. And a bunch of other things. Having said that, stay tuned. We're going to study World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab in this episode. So give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you get value out of this video. Let's get right into it. So Klaus Schwab founded World Economic Forum in 1971 as a not-for-profit foundation. It is headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland. It was originally called the European Management Forum. And initially, his focus was in the meetings on how European firms could catch up with the U.S. management practices. This is their mission statement. Engage business, political, academic, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. Mission is committed to improve the state of the world. So far, sounds pretty good. They made a prediction on what they think is going to happen in 2038 of them, which I think it's important for you to know. Here's some of the predictions. Number one, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. By the way, this is from their website. This is a video they produced. Number two, the U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. Instead, a handful of countries will dominate. Number three, you won't die waiting for an organ donor. Instead, we won't transplant organs. We'll print new ones. Very interesting. Number four, you'll eat much less meat. If you like meat, you're kind of screwed here. Number five, a billion people will be displaced by climate change. We'll have to do a better job at welcoming and integrating refugees. Sounds very noble, but who knows what that means? If the world's only going to be ran by five countries, there's not a superpower. So can they just choose to say this 10 million will be moving to your state? This 8 million is going here. They get to choose that if that's what integration means. Number six, polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. There will be a global price on carbon. This will help make fossil fuels history. Number seven, you could be preparing to go to Mars. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine how they're trying to sell the people around the world? Scientists will have worked out how to keep you healthy in space. Science will work out how to keep you healthy in space. The start of a journey to find alien life. Number eight, Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. Checks and balances that underpin our democracies must not be forgotten. How do you feel right now? Are you like watching this thing? There's no way this is true. Let me go Google this myself. Go ahead and do it. Pause the video, check it for yourself, and then come back and you'll see this is what they're telling you. If they're selling you a dream, man, this is awesome. I can't wait to live this life. Well, then follow whatever they're telling you. But if this is a nightmare type of a situation coming from their mouth, to you, you may want to investigate these guys before we see them as experts and honorable leaders that we subscribe to whatever they tell us to do. Now, here's their objectives I want to read to you from their website. You Stay tuned. Let me just read it to you. It's not going to sound real, but let me read it to you. So look, I've been in the financial industry since 9-11, the day before 9-11, and I've owned stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, crypto, gold, you name it, I've owned it. But the one thing that's very important part of my portfolio all these years is gold. I love having a percentage of my net worth in gold that I have access to in case of many different things. A few facts you need to know about gold. Number one, the gold market cap is $11.8 trillion. 
Since 2000, the compound annual growth rate for gold has been 9.24%, and during times of high inflation, 3% plus has been 15.35%. Now, those are just some numbers for you, but there's some other benefits to add gold to your portfolio. Number one, hedge against inflation. Number two, results showed recently that 93% of central banks are working on a CBDC. So this means what? That could be a manipulated currency that they own. If you own gold, it's a non-duplicatable asset. You're now hedging against CBDC taking place. Number three, a potential cyber threat. If it happens, you don't have access to your money. You don't have access to your accounts. Well, you have access to your hard physical gold. Number four is anonymous. No one knows you have that gold. And last but not least, diversification. That's why we chose to work with our new sponsor, American Hartford Gold. If you have retirement funds that you cannot afford to lose, American Hartford Gold will ship physical gold or silver directly to your door. Also, if you have retirement funds that you can't afford to lose, now is the time to call American Hartford Gold, a precious metal dealer you can trust. They have the finest products, amazing customer service, and a buyback commitment. They've earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Tell them I sent you and they'll send you up to $5,000 worth of free silver on your first order. So click on the link in the description or call 866-939-6984. Again, 866-939-6984. Globalism Net Zero, reimagining capitalism. This is being said by people who have never ran a business before. Klaus Schwab is not a businessman. He pays himself a million dollars a year, but he's not a businessman. He's hurting small businesses like you and I who run businesses. He's not a fan of you. He wants to control you because he thinks he knows what's best for you. Slowing population growth. They're not saying depopulation. It's more like saying slowing population growth. It's a little bit more gentle. And Yuval Harari, who is their number two guy at World Economic Forum, said the following about you. Humans are now hackable animals. Are you a hackable animal? That's what the number two guy at World Economic Forum thinks about you and me. How do you feel about that? Is this exciting? Like we're learning about an organization that you're just excited about, right? So how does this thing operate? What do they do? This organization meets annually in Davos, Switzerland. It convenes regional summits, industry summits, and other events around the world. Their revenue streams is funded through world's most significant business entities who join the forum as members and partners in order to participate. Approximately a thousand corporations hold memberships in World Economic Forum, including Google, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and many others, which we'll take a look at. Membership and partnership fees varies from uh, $60,000 annually to uh, $595,000 annually, according to Bloomberg. And in 2022, there were approximately 2,000 delegates, including Al Gore, John Kerry, Christine Lagarde, Jen Stoltenberg, Ursula von der Leyen, Henry Kissinger, George Soros, and many other high-profile names. You may be curious about the financial statement, what kind of money they're making, what kind of money they're paying out. This is what it looks like. In the last six years, in 2017, they had total expenses of $278 million, of which they paid $108 million to staff and $170 million to office and activity. And that led all the way down to today, 2022, $383 million in expenses, $130 million to staff, $252 million to office and activity. 383, it's a good number, what they're spending every year, and they're able to get a lot of money from a lot of big names. I'll read you some of the companies right now, but you may ask, why are companies partnering with World Economic Forum? Here's what McKinsey said on what the benefits are to join World Economic Forum. WF partners with many international organizations and corporations to run projects addressing global concerns. This year, collaborations are focused on pursuing a net zero pathway, nurturing resilience, reimagining globalization, and supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is DEI, in every part of society. 
Do you see some touches of ESG in there? I kind of read that the DEI equals ESG, CEI, corporate equity index score, all that stuff. That's kind of what you're hearing from one of the biggest consulting firms in the world, McKinsey. Now, if you're wondering what other companies are part of, let's read through some of the lists here that you may know. Accenture, AIG, Alibaba, Allianz, Amazon, Bain & Company, Bank of America, Barclays, Bill & Melinda Gates Foundation, BlackRock, Boston Consulting Group, BP, Bridgewater Associates, Chevron, Cisco, Citi, the Coca-Cola Company, Dell Technologies, Deloitte, Deutsche Bank, DHL Group, EY, which is Ernst & Young, Goldman Sachs, Google, Hewlett-Packard, HP, HSBC, Huawei, IBM, Intel, Johnson & Johnson, J.P. Morgan & Chase, KPMG, Lazard, MasterCard, McKinsey & Company, Meta, Microsoft, Mitsubishi, Morgan Stanley, Nestle, Open Society Foundation, George Soros, Palantir, PayPal, PepsiCo, Pfizer, PwC, Procter & Gamble, Qualcomm, Royal Phillips, Salesforce, Sequoia Capital, Siemens, Sony, S&P Global, Swiss Re, Uber Technologies, UBS, Verizon, Visa, Volkswagen, Volvo, Zurich Insurance Group. See how many different industries, massive companies, multi-multi-billion dollar behemoth companies are members and they're coming together. What's the whole purpose of this? It's a globalism to control what the smaller people don't get to do. They make the decision that's best for you. Kind of gets you thinking a little bit, right? Makes you want to be a little bit skeptical. But let's go a little bit deeper. What are some of the initiatives? The first one, which is kind of interesting. Remember earlier I said Nostradamus? Check this out. The Great Reset. You want to know what book Klaus Schwab wrote and when? Here's a question for you. I'm right now about to launch my business book that's going to come out here soon called Choose Your Enemies Wisely. Do you know how long we've been working on this book? A little over two years. How long do you think it takes to write your book, publish it, release it to people? Even if you're fast, what would you say? A year? 18 months? Maybe you're super fast. It's what? Six months. Watch the book this guy wrote. The book's title is COVID-19, The Great Reset, written by Klaus Schwab. Ready? For the release date, July 2020. Do you know when COVID shut down America and it was a mess, NHL, NBA, all that stuff? Mid-March. You either wrote the book, published the book, drafted the book, printed the book in three, four months, or you kind of timed it very well. How did you know? See what I'm saying? Kind of makes you think, don't it? Am I the only crazy one? Or are you kind of processing that as well? So when people say, the timing's a little off, you got to give those people a little bit of credibility for questioning the timing. What a perfect timing of a book. Watch how he speaks when he's talking about this great reset. You ready? Tell me if this sounds like a welcoming language. Just tell me, you know how people talk to you, welcoming language? Tell me what this sounds like. Every country from the United States to China must participate. Not shall, not ought to, must participate And every industry, from oil and gas to tech, must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. Who are you to know what we need from a man who's never ran a business before? All you do is raise money, getting Europe to compete against U.S. because U.S. was your enemy. Somehow you fooled U.S. to come and join WF. Now we must do what you want us to do since when does the world run this way? But wait for this famous line, you'll own nothing and be happy. Do you own anything? Are you happy? Do you live in a house you own? Is this your phone? Are you wearing the clothes you own? Do you like owning stuff that's yours that you worked hard for? Well, according to him, you ain't going to own none of that stuff, but you're still going to be very happy. Number two is another book that he wrote. He called it The Fourth Industrial Revolution. 
In this book, he describes the convergence of digital, biological, and physical innovations. It encompasses advances such as artificial intelligence, robotics, the Internet of Things, autonomous vehicles, predictive healthcare, and digital identities focused on societal implications of these rapid technological changes. And the four revolutions he talks about is the first one is 1784, steam, water, mechanical production equipment, 1870 is the second one, division of labor, electricity, and mass production, 1969, electronics, IT automated production, and cyber physical systems. And the third one, stakeholder capitalism, which is one of his favorites, by the way. Stakeholder capitalism is a system which corporations are oriented to serve the interests of all their stakeholders. Sounds noble, okay? Among the key stakeholders are customers, suppliers, employees, shareholders, and local communities. Again, sounds noble if it's by choice, not by force. Under this system, a company's purpose is to create long-term value and not to maximize profits and enhance shareholder value at the cost of other stakeholders. Since our companies go out of business... And last but not least, World Economic Forum has been a proponent of this model, emphasizing a move away from the short-term shareholder value to long-term sustainable growth and responsibility. Once again, if he knew how to do this, why didn't you start your own company and do this yourself? Why force others to do something that you've never done before? You've never started a company. These are valid questions to ask, which I would love to meet Klaus Schwab and do an interview with him to ask these respectful questions that many others have for someone like Klaus. And number four is Young Global Leaders Program, which he launched in 2004. It seeks to identify and nurture the next generation of leaders, recognizes individuals under 40 for their professional accomplishments, commitment to society, and potential to contribute to shaping the future. 1,400 members, alumni of 120 nationalities, includes civic and business innovators, entrepreneurs, technology pioneers, educators, activists, artists, journalists, and many more. This list includes, and I'm gonna read some more names for you. Are you ready? Putin's one, Trudeau's another one, Merkel, Macron, Newsom, Yarden, and many others. And by the way, they divided by different industries. Let me read you some other names that you may know. Pete Buttigieg, Chelsea Clinton. I, I know uh, her husband is a, is a, you know, a friend, okay, a friendly podcast guest we've had before. Nikki Haley, Adam Kinzinger, Jonathan Soros, son of George Soros, Lauren Summers, Paul Krugman. In a media space, Fareed Zakaria, Anderson Cooper, Sanjay Gupta, Andrew Ross Sorkin, Thomas Friedman, George Stephanopoulos, Lachlan Murdoch, Maria Bartiroma. Now here's for technology and social media. Bill Gates, Steve Ballmer, Bezos, Sergey Brin and Larry Page, Eric Schmidt, Peter Thiel, Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, from Great Britain, Tony Blair, Niall Ferguson, Charles Allen. Remember how I told you Tulsi, Musk, and Vivek? All three were nominated, but they said, not interested. We're okay. You don't need to recognize us. Thank you, but thank you. So again, you pick and choose. You may be watching the same. I want to get nominated for this. Great. You can go get nominated for this guy. But you may say, I don't really want to get nominated. Well, here's what some people who said good things about him said. And here's what some people said bad things about World Economic Forum. Let me read both of them to you. Number one, Al Gore, boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees. It's kind of like, is that an encouraging message? If you listen to this, you almost want to go to space to leave Earth. Don't just like end of the world here. And that's positive to say good things about World Economic Forum. But let me give you some of the other side. Here's what Ron DeSantis said. The elites and the Davos World Economic Forum want to run everything and turn everybody else on the planet into a serf or peasant. Tucker said the World Economic Forum seems to exist to destroy national economies. 
Musk rips World Economic Forum unelected world government. And I'll read this one to you for somebody from the Labor Party, Swiss Labor Party, liberal left progressive like an Antifa of Swiss. Here's what Alexander Anlin had to say about this. The main yearly meeting of CEOs of transnational corporations and bourgeoisie politicians from leading capitalist countries who discuss without any democratic legitimacy nor any control from the people questions that concern everyone. The countries of the global south have nothing to say about decisions that will harm them. This kind of forum shows the fundamentally anti-democratic, oligarchic nature of our system. The protection of the environment is also a major discussion in World Economic Forum. However, Every year, 1,000 private jets fly to Davos, which is equal to the pollution emitted by 300,000 cars altogether. Man, they really care about this climate change stuff and protecting it for you and I. So how excited are you right now? Are you still saying, well, Pat, this is a little crazy. Come on, man. You guys are overselling it. No problem. You ever had insects? Have you ever eaten insects? Well, I'm going to read this to you from their website. Just a year ago, February 2022, five reasons why eating insects could reduce climate change. Not not private jets. No, no, not private jets. Even Mario's laughing. Insects could reduce climate change. Number one, edible insects can produce equivalent amounts of quality protein when compared to animals. How awesome is that? Insects require less care and upkeep than livestock. Number three, we're actually running out of protein. Number four, insects are part of virtuous eco-cycle. Why don't you be virtuous and eat more insects? And number five, you can start small and work your way up. Just, you know, why would you not want to eat insects? Isn't this noble? Doesn't it get you emotional thinking about how much they care about us? Who cares about you as much as they do? Who else makes you eat insects to live a healthier life? Eco. Who else makes you do that? Noble people at World Economic Forum. Uh, look, I got to tell you, I, I like talking to everybody. And I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I'm telling you, I would love to talk to Klaus Schwab sincerely. I would love to fly out to Geneva to sit down and talk to this guy. Wherever he lives, I'd love to go to his place and have a conversation with him. Klaus, this doesn't make any sense. There is no selling the dream. Everything is force, must, you better. All of this, that's just not the American way. And I feel you don't like the American way because the American way allows for us to choose, free to choose. If somebody wants to eat insects, go for it. Put mayonnaise on it, put mustard, hot sauce. Whatever you want to do, but you can't say and fool American people saying, eating insects is good for you. So if you're watching this saying, I don't know, man, I've heard a lot about uh, World Economic Forum. I'm just verifying everything you're saying, Pat. This kind of stuff is adding up. It's kind of weird. Insects, cashless society, carbon tax, social credit score. Do you want to have a social credit score on how you voted, on how you eat? You got like your FICA allows you to get a loan to buy a house. Now imagine your social credit score. Which way are you going to vote? Hey, do you notice how you want to vote? We can't give you this. I want more insects. Nope, you voted this way. We're not going to give you. Do you want to have fewer insects? Can you imagine like how crazy it is to think about like they dictate what you get based on your social credit score? So solution today, I was talking to Russell Brand on his podcast and he was asking about all this stuff that's going on with, you know, corporate elites and these capitalists that are doing what they're doing. There's a very big difference between capitalists that are running their small businesses and growing and creating jobs. These guys controlled by a world economic form of controlling. So what can you do about it? Number one, be aware, talk about it. Discuss it with your congressman. Discuss with your family. Publicize it. Do your own research. Educate everybody around you and choose what companies you do business with. The way you get to vote in capitalism, which is awesome, is if you don't like what some company does, go support another one that supports the values that you're okay with. That's how you get to vote when it comes down to capitalism. That's why some companies go out of business who refuse to listen to who? The customer. Who's the customer? 
you. You have the power. We have the power on how we vote with these businesses by the way we spend our money. Okay, so if you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. If it got you thinking, share it with other people, but I got another video I want you to watch. If you've never seen the video we made about ESG, click here to watch it. If you've never seen the video we made about George Soros, click here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.